Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. I'm Greg Thomas, your host, and we are delighted that you've chosen to join us this first podcast of 2014. It's been a while. In the studio with me, Jesse Carrasco. Hey. Our sidekick today. And, of course, at the engineering desk is our new engineer, Brother Gerald Semra. And uh, we'll be talking to him at some point this year, <laughs> a little later. It's good to be back. Um, as we said in December, we'd be bringing in artists that we thought were noteworthy. And we're doing some very special things in and around our community in the area of music and arts. And we have two such people in the studio today, a husband and wife team. They don't both sing. They have very unique gifts, but they bring them together in a very special way. Israel and Katie Martinez, welcome. Thank you for having us. Happy to be here. We have heard you sing. We've been looking at your website, Israel, and and we'll talk about Katie in a minute because that's totally different conversation almost. (laughs) But we want to know... The, you know, we, we generally like to talk about the stories behind the music and how you came about and, you know, where you went to school and all that other stuff. In a nutshell, tell us who Israel is. Well, um, I grew up singing. I'm 32 years old and I'm from Astoria, Queens. So I grew up singing in church um, when I was younger and uh, I just had a passion to sing um, and sing for the Lord and be involved in youth and uh, for um Many years after that, during college, I I got a music degree at Nye College in Rockland County for a voice performance, and so I strictly went into classical singing, and I essentially really stopped singing in the church, and I stopped singing um, gospel music. I stopped singing um, in worship teams in church, so I just strictly went for classical and pursued opera. Um, you were brainwashed. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I really I have a passion for opera. I did, but um, it took me a long time to really realize that it wasn't the direction where I felt God wanted me to go. Um, there were many things I loved about it, but there were many things I didn't like about it. Um, so I just recently, I would say about maybe about a year and a half ago, two years ago, I gave it up and I said, I'm going to do something else and I'm going to use what I've learned and I'm going to somehow, you know, not regret it and say I've, you know, lost all that I've, that I've worked on and, but God's going to take me into a new direction. And Mm. so just have to trust. So, yeah. It was a big leap. Yeah. It's so funny because I, my story is very, almost the antithesis of that. But I remember as a young musician, uh, I think I was in second or third grade, um, I had a third grade teach third grade actually a third grade teacher who took big interest in me and she brought me over here to New York to Juilliard. Wow! And uh, because she had a friend who was a professor there, said I'd like you to take a look at this. And so I played the one good song that I knew, and the teacher told me the same a similar thing in that uh, she said I would love to take him on, but if I took him on, he would lose everything he knows. And by that time, I had learned a whole lot of gospel, a whole lot of. You know, some classical, but it was my own version of classical music, you know, because I had a very good ear. Uh, and I and I appreciate the, her honesty, you know, by not taking me on because I wouldn't, you and I wouldn't be sitting here talking, probably. <laughs> I would have taken a totally different path. Um, but it kept me in the church and it kept me uh, close to God. So, uh, but you started in classical. I, I think I started training in classical, but right. I really started singing in a church. In church. So I started worship and gospel, and um, that was my upbringing. Right. Um, and I found that just, you know, everything that I was pursuing in classical was just for myself. And mm. everything was very self, you know, applause. And everything was just, you know, not to down anybody who right. does it and pursue it. But for me, it was very just, my whole drive was just to get the Pack applause the and get it. You know, and... <laughs> After, you know, God started to uh, turn my life around, I wanted to tie music into um, really my testimony and mm-hmm. and what I wanted to, you know, let it flow through um, musically. Mm-hmm. So you are one of your brothers and sisters. I do. I have uh, two brothers and one sister and my whole family is in the uh, D.C. metro area in Virginia. And I'm. In New York. I'm a New York native, so I've been here since you know, birth. Are they all singers, musicians? They're not. I'm not. the only artist in my family. Everyone wow. is 
very um, business or government or just uh -huh. everybody's you know boring jobs I'm <laughs> <laughs> and you're living on top of the world yeah. doing what you love to do yeah. amen that's yeah. good to hear so you mentioned you alluded to your testimony what is what is your testimony well um you know for growing up in a church and I like I was very involved in, in music but at the same time I had a lot of inner turmoil I had a lot of inner I would say struggles that I, mm -hmm. I had and that those struggles were dealt with homosexuality and um, they were really homosexual uh, struggles as a child and I had no answers and um, I didn't really ever speak about it mm -hmm. I just said you know it's just something that I'm just ashamed of I'm just ashamed of these feelings I just don't know why I have them I don't know where they're coming from so um, while I was very young as a, as a youth, I was very, um, you know, I was very involved in, in the youth group and I would, you know, go every week and pray and go to the altar and say, God, please take this away from me. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is not, if this is not what you want from me, then please take this away. I don't want this. I don't want anybody to find out. I don't want my family to find out mm -hmm. people in the church. Um, so I was afraid and, God didn't take it away from me. And I said, okay, well, when I went for, when I went away for college, I felt like most people, I guess, who were 18 or just who want to get away for college. I'm free now. I want to go and live my own life and be in college. But, um, I had the desire to study, but at the same time I had to desire to party and I had the desire to just find out mm -hmm. everything, you know, give into, um, essentially what, I didn't know, but it was evil desire in me and to give into it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I spent many, um, I would say seven years from college, about 18 till about 25 in the gay lifestyle. And I was, um, uh, very involved in clubbing and partying and having, uh, you know, sex partners and, and while I was partying and, and just, um, I found that while I was doing all of that and I was studying music at the same time there, my voice wasn't really the same. It was, it was, there were many things that, and I didn't learn until later that my, my true voice wasn't, wasn't there. It was mm -hmm. because I was really, um, in a place where, where God didn't want me to be in and where wow. I, I couldn't be. Um, so those were, those were the years I spent and in relationships as well. And, um, when I hit 25 years old, I was desiring, um, not to have sex with anybody. I was just desiring to be in a relationship with a man and saying, okay, well maybe I can find love and be in a relationship. And then that didn't work out. It just turned into, um, disappointment. Um, and it wasn't reality. Uh, it was codependency and, um, but what really made me turn away from, and just wanted to go back to God and for help and cry out to God, cry out to Jesus was, um, really seeing how that relationship that I was pursuing was idolatry and everything about it was idolatry. It was really worshiping him and, he was worshiping me and I was vice, you know, it was back and forth idolatry. Um, and so as a young, as a young kid, I had a desire, you know, I had this desire to worship God, but it was, um, really pushed down and covered with all the same sex attraction that I was feeding into myself. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, I didn't just get there overnight. You right. know, it wasn't like one day I woke up and I said, okay, I'm going to turn away. Um, I, I did find a ministry here in New York city and, um, I was directed to the ministry by a, a brother in the church. So it was all ordained and the ministry is called life ministry. And, uh, the, its main purpose is to be a safe haven for people who want out of homosexuality and also too, for people who, want to grab a resource for counseling for people in the church. 
um, who need a resource. So um, through the ministry, we had teaching and um, I was able to to work on the um, uproot all the emotional uh, lies to why I had homosexual feelings and also do practical things um, to turn away from it. And it's something that it took me a long time. It wasn't something that I said, you know what, this is my prayer was God, take this away. Um, instead God was saying, and my son, I need you to turn away. And it was something that to turn away from it. And I will show you why. Mm. So, um, it's a two part, uh, relationship, but we have with God. It's, you know, can I have God, everything, God, everything, yeah, yeah. do everything for us. Um, so, that's pretty much, you know, where, where I started to get the teaching and apply it to my life. And, um, through the te- one of the teachings was idolatry. And then that was a confirmation where, you know, this is idolatry. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was learning about learning, learning about more it. about what you were dealing with. Right. And of course, co-mingling or mingling with others who are going through the same thing. Exactly. And some who have already gone through it and have come out the other side. You had to see examples. You had to experience it. Exactly. And and, and then, of course, have a support group, for lack of a better term. Right. That understood that, that helped you kind of pull through this. Yeah. And the main, the main, um, the main core of the the ministry is um, one-on-one counseling, but many, the most important thing I think is that, and also to the support group and having other people, you know, share their stories and, right. and, and have, you know, a safe haven place. And so, um, <clears throat> learning about really, uh, the fight that I was about to, um, to take on mm-hmm. that I wanted, that I needed to fight for my identity and God was going to be there. God is there. God was there and every step of the way. And, um, it's amazing because after I think about a year or two, um, my classical voice teacher she i went to a voice lesson and she said there's something different about your voice she said there's a freedom there is what happened tell me what did you do and this was your teacher before <laughs> this was my teacher was before. To hear the change. right exactly and wow. she said i've been your teacher for you know two years and but i haven't heard what i hear today what's new and, she, and i told her i said i'm just you know changing my life All to Jesus I surrender, all to Him I freely give. I will ever love and trust Him in His presence daily give. Savior, holy thine, let me feel the Holy Spirit, truly know that thou art mine. back and we're in the studio and we're talking with Israel Martinez. Wonderful story. Powerful story. Lives are going to be changed even as a result of this podcast, I'm, I'm sure. Now, your, your teacher, well, before we went to break, you were talking about your teacher who heard something different after a season in your life. This wasn't a person who had never heard you before. You'd worked with them. She's now hearing you differently. What changed? She, you know, she heard, you know, something that I was struggling with vocally and for a long time that somehow just came out. But I think just the voice and how she heard 
she heard the breath, you know, as voice mechanics, she heard mm -hmm. that the breath was free and the breath wasn't tense. You described it before as a freedom. Freedom. Yeah. Yeah. She heard, she said, there's a freedom, there's not tense. And when she said that, I was, you know, immediately it was just, I felt filled. I said, wow, this is, you know, what I learned even in the ministry and how, you know, our musical gifts that God gives us are not going to flourish when we are in sin or mm -hmm. when we are, are in, um, you know, a lifestyle that God doesn't have for us. Mm -hmm. And so, um, for me, that was, that was like a, another confirmation that was just my gifts that I, you know, I, I thought I was singing okay. And I knew that I had, uh, I guess I would say some challenges in, in vocally and in, in, in classical music. And I thought it was just, well, I'm not old enough and I have to reach a certain age to be, to sound like this or to, you know, it takes some time. And there's a lot of truth into that. But um, what she was saying was there's now freedom in your breath. There's now freedom. And she wanted to know why. And I told her, I said, changing my life. God is changing my life. Now, is your teacher a Christian? She's not. So what was her She's response not. to you when you said, her response God was, is changing my life? Her response was, you know, I'm not religious, uh -huh. but, you know, Good for you. Good for you. And I said, yes. And so she even sensed like there was a change in me by just the way I would come to the lessons. Sometimes I would come with like a downcast mm -hmm. before. And then, you know, she, it's almost like she would try to cheer me up and then I would get to the, to the lesson. But this time it was just, I was ready to go. So now so. you're 25 and you're coming through, you're coming out of. Right. I got my time frame right. You're coming out of a lifestyle where y you are now aware wasn't pleasing to God. Right. It contradicted your song. Right. Would, would you say that? Exactly. And and now you're forced to make a decision. You know, God, am I going to do this for you? Am I going to live for you and allow the freedom in my voice and the freedom in all the gifts that you've deposited in me come out? Or am I going to try and do this in my own strength and allow my voice to sound unfree, for lack of a better term? Right. Struggle with my classes and my teacher and struggle with everything else, hiding who I, my identity issue and hiding all that. So you are at this place where you've got to make this huge decision where other people also are going to now find out perhaps things about you that they didn't know. Right. Is that right? Right. Like, am, am I going to be shy or just be who I am? Am I going to be ashamed or am I, you know, going to really, um, testify? And I didn't, I wasn't so quick to, you know, tell everybody, listen, um, I'm walking out of homosexuality. So it wasn't, um, and I'm living the knife and now I can sing better. Mm. But, <laughs> God but, will do it for you yeah. too. <laughs> but, you know, essentially that was, you know, you know, the gifts and, and, you know, not, I mean, more than even the gifts, I was just, um, peace, mm -hmm. you know, you get the peace, but then, you know, you really, um, like, I, like I said, it's, it's now I'm going to fight yeah. and, um, for my identity. And I always knew deep down ever since a child, I knew that it was, I knew something inside of me was off and it was wrong. Like I said, I just didn't know how to get out. I just didn't know, um, where to turn to and, you know, the, the desires were so there that they're so real. And you just, you know, um, I mean, I think this was in the, the nineties I was, you know, I mean, there was acceptance everywhere in the gay community, but I could just imagine even now there's so much more. And, um, so the, the, the fight can get a little stronger for some, mm -hmm. but, and for me, it, it was, it was still strong. I was, it was a, fight for my identity. When you say when when you say fight for my identity, what what does that mean for you? It really means that you know, I mean we can go just basic, you know, going the way of the world of flesh and the devil, you know, and or going to God and and who God says you are and mm -hmm. his child and not gay and and not um you're born this way. Mm -hmm. Um so really fighting against lies mm -hmm. and you know how in Corinthians um, <clears throat> well exchanging exchanging the, 
the lies for the truth now. Mm-hmm. I really feel, you know, God does the, the filling first. You, mm-hmm. you sense, I, 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 at least I sense his Holy Spirit and I sense Jesus really um, come into my heart, not really come into my heart again, but he was always there, but really um, connecting with me in a way um, like never before after I started to turn away. But he uses people. Um, he used people in the church who would love me. Um, he used the ministry, life ministry for people who were counsel me and encourage me. So I, you know, building up my self-esteem, mm-hmm. um, that was really important. Um, uh, especially, uh, when I, I, I had a low self-esteem and that caused a lot. So the church, um, the people in the church who built my self-esteem encouraged me and, um, that was helpful for me. And, um, praying for me, of course, uh, whether it be family or friends. Um, and that was ultimately helping me to bring me to, to God as well. So yeah, that scripture comes to mind, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Um, so he's kind of, he's kind of giving you new desires. Uh, he gave uh, me my case. wife, Katie. She you have a desire. wife named Katie <laughs> who is sitting over here <laughs> waiting her turn, you know? <laughs> I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of to Katie Martinez, the wife, the lovely wife of Israel Martinez, whose story you just heard. Uh, there's more to the story, I'm sure. But now he has a wife. He's got a wife sitting here. And let me just let the cat out of the bag. You guys have a little girl downstairs. She's four she's months too. old. She is a miracle. I mean, I remember my whole life, I never thought I could possibly be a mom or ever be pregnant because I just had so much fear growing up. Um, and But, you know, being married to Israel and just uh, when we found out we were pregnant, it was just, there was so much peace about it. And I, I know that that's a testimony in itself that, you know, Israel and I both growing up feeling like we had, you know, these these um, ungodly desires, these evil mm-hmm. desires for the same sex um, sexually um, to actually see that we have a daughter now. It's, mm-hmm. it's really kind of miraculous and it puts me in awe. Now, how'd you guys meet? Well, um, he started going to the ministry in 2005, and I started in 2008. Oh, okay. And when I started coming, he was kind of... He was a junior. <laughs> Three years, and I was a freshman. <laughs> I was a junior. He actually, he actually um, was working a lot of hours at his job, so I never got to meet him right away. But that was kind of cool timing because it allowed me to, you know, just work out my own stuff. Right. And um, then one day he was there, and... He was singing, and I was like, "Wow, it's amazing!" Though, <laughs> and then um, he he ran into me in the hallway, and he said, "Who is this girl sitting here? Like, she, I'm I'm really drawn to her for some reason." <laughs> okay, so you said that to somebody else, no, and he said I that said to me. You said it to her. Well, I didn't say it in my mind. I oh, said he was thinking it. that. Oh, okay, now. you were thinking it. Okay, you told her later, and then yes, you blushed. yes. Then you blushed. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. You know, when when I started to, when, well, Israel started to pursue me, and um, I suppose you could say that when when we when he was doing that, I I um I worked out a lot of my stuff, a lot of my emotional problems that I had from childhood, um, a lot of the spiritual things too that 
you know, we prayed off of the demonic influences and um, I worked out a lot of things practically, you know, like mm -hmm. I um, did a lot of journaling to try to like figure out why there was this, this ungodly desire, you know, inside me. Um, and as, as I was being uprooted, you know, there was like an, almost like an uncovering um, of this blockage where my true sex, sexual desire always was that God put inside me um, and designed inside me um, to, to be with my husband someday. And, um, and so as he and I started dating, it totally freaked me out because all of a sudden I was, you know, feeling romantic toward him and, you know, I wanted to submit to him and I was just like, ah, <laughs> we felt 18 years old all over again. And we, we were did in our twenties <laughs> or maybe 16. Yeah. We were like 14. <laughs> um, so it was, it was definitely an interesting time for us. It, um, marriage is great. Like we love being married, but when we were dating, we were just like, we had to go to counseling a lot at, at the ministry um, because we were basically going through puberty all over again, all over again. but the way that you're supposed to, mm -hmm. you know, because when, um, when we went through puberty the first time physically, I guess you could say that, um, you know, there was a lot of things inside of us that we were still longing for, mm -hmm. you know, acceptance from our same-sex parent, acceptance from our peers, uh, you know, that, that affirmation and just um, feeling like you, you, you have selfhood. We didn't really have that. We were always looking um, for something else um, to satisfy us. And we, you know, when, you, when by the time you hit puberty, you're not able to really desire the opposite sex as, as God designed us to that you're you're looking for the the same sex and it, 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 it Satan really distorts mm. a lot of things um, that you desire. Your look. And, and where are you from originally? I'm actually from Iowa. Iowa. <laughs> and I moved here when I was 18. And so what what brought you to New York? The fashion industry. Fashion. I I would dreamed about it. I mean, I Israel and I were both very similar in that when we were growing up, you know, we were kind of the oddballs, the artists. The, um, you know, everyone else in our family is very mathematical mm -hmm. and finance, finance. And you know, we were just like these dreamers. <laughs> <laughs> so you have siblings, older, younger? Um, both. Both. Yeah. Are you in the middle? Pretty much. I'm in the middle. So, um, so I came to New York and, you know, I, I, um, I was doing it, you know, going to school at FIT, doing internships, working, but it was really difficult, you know, just coming here and being financially independent. Um, and there are many times where I felt like, you know, God wasn't near me, even though he always was. I was just going a little bit faster than, you know, he wanted me to be. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I basically felt like I, I, I wanted to give up, but I didn't want to go back to Iowa. <laughs> and I... I basically became, I met this, this woman who was just two years older than me and, um, she, and I clicked immediately. She, um, she also wanted to take care of me. You know, she, she said, I, I, I love your, your dream. You know, I believe in your dream. I want to support you. So, uh, she invited me to live with her and she didn't charge me any rent, which was like a huge blessing for me. But, um, this was an extremely unhealthy relationship that mm -hmm. I was in, um, because all of a sudden I was extremely dependent on her for everything. And emotionally, I, I just completely gave myself over to her. And um, the, the same-sex attraction that I had, that I was basically pushing down during my teenage years, um, when I became a Christian, I, uh, it just came out. And it was just so rampant, and I felt like I couldn't you know, push it back down. And... Um, so I, I acted out on it, and I, I was in a, a lifestyle for for a couple of years, and you know God completely tore that apart, and He showed me what that relationship really was, and uh, it was it was not at all a good relationship. It wasn't love; mm. it was neediness, and um, it was my desperation for acceptance, and it was also the same thing for her. Um, and you know I, I did turn back to God. And at first, I didn't know how I could possibly talk to him, you know, but um, I did just basically start off by confessing, you know, God, you know, this is where I am. And um, I don't really feel like 
coming back to the church because I pushed the church aside for a while so that I felt like I could actually be in this lifestyle for that season. Um, and you know, he he's faithful, you know, to to cleanse us and forgive us and purify us from all unrighteousness. And one day I heard a testimony of a man um, at Life Ministry, and I was like, "This is pretty cool. Like, there's actually a ministry that teaches you can be completely free from mm-hmm. homosexuality." And I, I decided to check it out, you know, because. During the time, I was I was basically, okay, I'm going to go back to school. I'm getting myself back on my feet. You know, I'm living in my own apartment. I'm working a job again, being independent. But I'm like, I had this fear inside me that I was, what if it comes back? What if the, the desires come back? And I don't want to go back in that place ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what basically drew me to the ministry. And there I just started to get to all the, the things um, – all the pain from childhood that basically um, put me in, and in, in all the things from childhood that um, that all these desires were able to kind of overtake me. So once I was able to to work all that out and and pray a lot of things out, um, I started to to feel free from it, and I know that today I'm totally totally free from homosexuality and um you know i just don't desire desire that anymore and i don't desire the acceptance of um you know other people um in an unhealthy way you know of course i want israel to you know like my cooking once in a while (laughs) but um you know I, i i'm not gonna be crushed if somebody's not going to like my fashion or something a difference. We're going to take another break <laughs> and we'll be right back with Israel and Katie. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins and Still talking with Israel and Katie. You've just heard two very real, and thank you for being so real and so transparent. Uh, let me say this though: when I hear you two talk about your 
previous lives, I'm hearing a brokenness even now mm-hmm. that uh, your voice begins to tremble. And yet when you talk about the victory that God has given you, you kind of sit up in your chair and you perk mm-hmm. up and your voice goes, oh, you go there <laughs> as opposed to... Uh, what, what What is that? I mean, I know what it is, but for our listeners, because a lot of people are going to be blessed by this. You have no idea. Mm. Uh, and, we, and we'll never really know until we get to heaven. But I, I just got to believe mm. that there are going to be thousands of people who are who are right now in a situation that you were in and are listening to you and saying, you mean there's really a way out of this? There's mm-hmm. really a future for me. What is it that perks you up when you talk about the newness of what you're walking in? now? I think, you know, really what perks us up is just this whole, you know, whatever, what, what felt impossible and how God made possible, you know, just, and just talking about some of the things that, you know, during the times when we were, um, we felt hopeless or we felt like God wasn't there, um, that people weren't there, that no one understood how we felt. Um, I think those are the times where we remember and we, we say, wow. And then when we, get a little more excited, uh, if you want to say, I would say it's really because um, we're just in awe of mm-hmm. on really what, what God made possible, what I I thought it was impossible to ever be married, to ever mm-hmm. have a child, you know, to, these were desires that I had, um, but, and as you said, before God gives you the desires of your heart, if you trust in him, um, and that was essentially it, you know. I think also just what makes us come alive and what you, we see, like your voice teacher saw in you, Israel, when your voice started to change, was just having that intimacy with Christ. Because um, I think, I, well, I know that that's total freedom from addiction, is when, um, you know, for example, if, if there's suffering that's happening in your life, you know, someone in your family has cancer or you lose your job or something, and the way that you react to that, are you reacting to that? you know, as the mind of a child did when you were still, you know, emotionally in the state of a child, where are you handling it? You know, kind of the way that Job did when he said, the Lord give and the Lord take away. Mm-hmm. And um, just having, you know, that uh, the maturity that comes through, through having intimacy with Christ. Yeah. You, you are now in New York. You're free, mm-hmm. <laughs> free in Christ. And, uh, uh, and you're doing your fashion thing. Yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Um, tell our listeners the name of your fashion line and how that came about. So um, <laughs> that is interesting because as Israel's music and his voice had changed as he you know, started to experience more freedom, same thing with my fashion. Mm-hmm. And even just the team that we have too, you know, the more that I started to give it to God and the more miracles I was starting to see, you know, the, the right people were coming on, um, the more beautiful the designs were becoming, the more things that people noticed about, about the brand. And, um, so we started, I started this clothing line in 2010 called elegant tees. And it's basically, um, taking t-shirt fabric and making it elegant. And it's just as easy to wear as a t-shirt, you know, you, doesn't take a lot of effort to to have to be stylish. Um, I mean, now we're starting to do like modest skirts, and we're branching out a little bit more. But that's basically the the starting concept of it. And um, you know, when I when I started the clothing line too, I wanted to be able to use my gifts um, somehow for the kingdom, but to re- basically just to restore women. And um, I, I had this this burden, you could say, for women that have been in sex trafficking. So I um, connected with a couple organizations, and um, today we're basically employing these girls by giving them, you know, these shirts to sew. So all of the designs that, you know, are purchased online, um, you can get it in the mail, and you get to wear it, and it's, it's, it's made by one of these girls. So it's able to empower them and um, as we're able to be consistent to them, you know, that's that's a really healthy way to show them that someone um, sees potential in them, and that they can do something. You know, that's that um, they can basically like 
walk in their freedom. You know, they, they can do something positive with, um, with their, their skills. And how does that work? Where are these women? Are they here in the U.S.? Are they abroad? Or how do you connect with them? And how does that happen? How does that work? Um, well, the, th- the, the main women that we work with are actually here in New York, uh-huh. in Queens. And um, I met these, these women from um, Restore NYC, which, are, which is a, a faith-based organization here in New York that works with these exploited women, and they have safe houses here in the city. Um, right now, I'm currently employing just three girls, but they are amazing women, and it's great to see you know, how, how it is helping them. You know? Awesome. Fashion, music. This is TSC Music. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it's music with a mission, but this was just so fabulous. I mean, oh. this story. And uh, tell tell our listeners, by the way, where they can find your, your, your fashion line. So we have a website. It's um, elegantees.com. And the spelling is just the word elegant and then E-E-S. So we took the two T's and made them into one. Mm-hmm. Go check it out and uh, buy some T-shirts. Or yeah. uh, not T-shirts. I'm sorry. It's T-shirt material, but it's not T-shirts because I've seen it and they look fabulous. They look great. Thank and you. Is this one that you're wearing today? This is a prototype, so right. it will be out in May. I know <laughs> listeners can't see it, but she's got this fabulous shirt on. We'll, we'll post I figured a picture, it had to be part. Uh, well, they can see that yeah. on the website. Then. Yeah, yeah. No one of our cheesy pictures. <laughs> now I heard Israel sing. I, I've gone through your website and I heard your music, and I talked to John. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, Chris, a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, um, your, your music, I mean, your singing changed as you described, uh, as your teacher, uh, noticed, where did that then move you? Well, you know, there was, it was interesting because, um, the, um, I really wanted to, uh, just like, like Katie, I really wanted to, um, find a way through my gift to help people in their restoration, um, to God or help people, um, really give them words of encouragement, you know, like Katie does it through fashion. I wanted to do it through song. Um, and, uh, the, the ministry that, that we were part of, um, we're, we're still connected to in a major way as well. Um, every, every weekend I would go every Friday and Saturday to the support group and we would sing hymns, um, and all these, traditional hymns and just maybe unpopular hymns, but then unpopular hymns. Um, and it was beautiful. It was just with voice and piano Mm -hmm. and it was a group of us, maybe about 20 to 30 each, each weekend day, um, just lifting our voices to God. And before every meeting, just, um, singing these hymns. And, um, I wanted, I was really had this desire after maybe three years in the ministry and I just didn't know who was the right person to work with me, um, who was I was going to connect with musically. And that was so important for me to connect with somebody musically. And um, so I met John working and I met him through Chris <laughs> Hughes and uh, he connected me to John and I instantly clicked. And it was just this chemistry that was amazing. Um, John is classically trained, but John, you know, has his, he has his jazz, he has his gospel, he has mm-hmm. his pop. He's working, quirking. He's <laughs> John likes to break the rules. He yeah. likes to do in music and, but he has such a gift. And, yeah. um, so I, I spoke to him and I said, John, would you be interested in doing a recording project with me? And as a recording, I just want to do hymns and sacred songs and uh, more hymns than sacred songs. And he said, well, yeah, sure. And uh, when I started sending him the music, he was just moved um, mm-hmm. by some of the hymns he never heard of. But then um, we, every time we met, we, we came up with an arrangement and we just really let, you know, let ourselves go. Um, so I wanted to give back to the ministry, life ministry, and make um, a recording of the hymns that we sing mm-hmm. at the ministry. And, um, and I know that the people in the ministry would be blessed by it and they can take it and have it. Um, and actually a hundred percent of the proceeds for this recording is going to the ministry. Um, so it's, it's a way that I wanted to give more financially to the mm-hmm. ministry, um, as well. 
the the hymns are classically uh, arranged, but they have hints of pop and gospel and some jazz. So I was John was was leaning me away from a lot of my classical training, and I think I was telling him. I, <laughs> I started my first recording him very classically uh, sung, and then all of a sudden I ended up mm-hmm. on the other side as a pop singer. <laughs> John converted me into a pop gospel singer for some reason. So, um, but but he he helped me to bring back a lot of the the I would say the, the styles that I used to sing when I was younger, mm-hmm. and having you know having that in me as well, you know, so I know I have that in me. So, um, it was very, it was a very interesting process. We took a year to record it and, um, it was something that was on my heart for a long time. And, you know, it was something that really God said, it's going to happen, but I'm going to put you with the right people. Um, so, you know, I listened to some of the songs and I'm just like, wow, I never thought it would sound like this. Or I just, I never thought that this, I would sing this, this way and not what I thought I would sing it. So, um, so the Lord kind of brought you and John together yeah, and took what was changing already in you to a whole nother level. Right. Probably somewhere you, you'd never, like you, like you said, you never imagined. And John will do that. John is, you know, John, we've had John here a couple of times <laughs> yeah. and, uh, <laughs> he he stretched he's you know he were it's amazing because i i we were just there were certain things that he was like no do it this way i don't like it this way and then i would say john i need you need to do it this way with the piano and he was like, you're right and just the hymn that he he was right sometimes too israel yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so it's just amazing how you know we both and spiritually connected as well and, and, and how we became brothers throughout it. And, um, really it's, it's, and I needed that too as well. I needed to connect with godly musicians and, um, that was something I didn't have for a long time as well. Yeah. Well, here, here at TSC music, we, we always talk about music with, you know, our model, if you will, is music with a mission and certainly, uh, this project was what's the title of the project, by the way. Uh, so it's uh, hymns and sacred songs. The title track of the album is "Be Thou My Vision," and um, the the hymn "Be Thou My Vision" was one of the most important hymns to me, and that's what mm-hmm. I named it. "Be Thou My Vision" was essentially um, it was a prayer. The hymn is a prayer to God to give me a vision for my life, mm-hmm. because for so many years my vision was skewed. Um, it was clouded. I didn't have everything, um, that I took in from my eyes, um, in, in my homosexual lifestyle in the past, everything that I took in my eyes, I was poisoned. And so I didn't have a vision for my life. I didn't have a vision for God. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the prayer be thou my vision is the title track. And I end the um, album with amazing grace. Um, with enrichment of amazing grace. And I emphasize on the words I see, um, at the end Mm. of the album. And it's really throughout the beginning of the album. So my prayer be that my vision. Then at the end, I see, I see now because God showed me throughout Mm -hmm. these years on what freedom is and what my identity is. Um, and so there are other hymns as well that deal with, you know, that, many people use for good friday um my song is love unknown um there's a great is thy faithfulness um so there's a lot of really traditional hymns where can people get it well uh they can get it on you know the basic uh media outlet uh itunes amazon google play um or if you visit the website israel martinez tenor.com uh, contact me and I can send um, a hard copy. Mm-hmm. People still buy those? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hard copy. Yeah. <laughs> I, they do. <laughs> I got some requests from some seven-year-old ladies who wanted some hard copy. Yeah, well, you're going to get some more. <laughs> you're get some more. And we're going to make sure we've got it around here yeah. um, because I, I, I've i listened to it and it's great. I saw a video yeah. of you singing, you, you Raise Me Up. Yes. So, you raised me up by saying at the Edison Ballroom uh, two years ago, October, or a year ago, two years ago. Um, and uh, that's where I met John for the first time. Mm-hmm. 
And that's when he accompanied me. And um, I said, there's something I got to work with this guy somehow. So that was the first time you guys were together. Right. Go figure. So that was the first uh-huh. time. And um, I just saying you raised me up for a, it was a benefit dinner of the 25 year club. Um, and these were just, uh, it was an organization and, but um, somehow you raised me up, you know, and has that. Right. That him feel yeah, to it yeah. as well. So. well. This is music with a mission. You, you've got these songs, you've got these hymns, you've got this testimony and it was a project from you for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it was birthed in you and then of course you're giving it out. And then of course all the proceeds, like you said, are going to, is it life ministry? Life ministry. T- tell us, tell our listeners where they can, find information on life ministries as well. We should plug that. Yeah. Well, life ministry, um, meets every Friday and Saturday evening and, uh, right here in New York city by Penn station. Um, they can go to, uh, life org for more information and, uh, on, um, either sending an email or requesting, um, a one-on-one counseling session or just going to the meetings and, um, material. There's a, there's a lot of helpful articles mm-hmm. about, you know, um, masturbation, idolatry, all kinds of topics in regards to coming out of homosexuality. People don't want to talk about. Right, right. Yeah. 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 Mainstream ter- church, in a lot of cases, won't even touch it. Right. Mm-hmm. A lot of detailed stuff, a lot of resources. So it's great for the church to grab those resources. Amen. Music with a mission and other arts. I consider your fashion and art because you do sit down and you create and you craft and you decide what color that shirt needs to be. And, you know, who does it match the blue eyes, the brown eyes, the black eyes, et cetera. Um, <laughs> um, but it's also for cause. Right. You're reaching out to these women and in, in, in places, what some people would call the red light district or in some areas. Um, and so it's, it's, it's art with a mission. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. And so again, you can find more about elegant ease, Ele- elegant, well, elegant tees, but it's elegant ees. Yes. Dot com. Yes. And uh, my goodness, go place an order, get at least a rack of shirts and a couple <laughs> of blouses, you know, and, and did you get some? I haven't yet, but I'm like eyeing her shirt all day. I can't wear it, you know, but I know people who can. can. Uh, But we'll make sure we plug it. Now, we got to make sure we've got your CDs here. And, of course, we will make sure that we're talking more about Elegant Tees. Now, tell us about the miracle child downstairs. (laughs) What's her name? How old is she? Her name is uh, Joanna Eden. And, um, my gosh, should we tell them the story of the middle name Israel? Well, um, we, we named her after our, um, the founder of Life Ministry, and, um, which was our, our, our counselor mm-hmm. individually and together when we were engaged. Uh, her name is Joanne Hiley. We, we wanted to add an A to sound like a little girl, Joanna. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her middle name is Eden, and Eden is, um, while we were counseling with Joanne, um, we were afraid of we knew we were engaged, but we were afraid. We had so much fear of of the marriage bed, mm-hmm. and we had. I had a tremendous fear. I mean, it was. He amazing. cried that night, our, yeah, was, our honeymoon night. It was just I couldn't even focus on the wedding day at some point because I'm like, it's coming, it's coming. You know, I was so <laughs> scared because I had never um, had sex with a woman, so it was very new to me. And of course, many men, you know, were. Um, but I was afraid, like, you know, the lies of the enemy were just like, everything's going to fall apart now. Like, you think it's not falling apart. And I was redeemed through that experience. And I remember, we remember our, our counselor um, telling us about the the restored Garden of Eden and how um, we were um, in sexual dysfunction and through our um, what God is giving us in each other, we were essentially um, going into a restored Garden of Eden, mm. and and, and where you're and, naked yet unashamed. Right. We were naked and unashamed before. There's so much shame right before the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we had so much shame that I was ashamed of like she's going to reject me. She had shame I was going to reject her, uh, Katie. And so we um, we named our, our, our daughter Eden. <laughs> To remember that 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 God mm-hmm. broke that 
in yeah. us and, and we weren't ashamed. And so that, you know, was important to us. <laughs> but of course, we're not going to tell her this story until she told her. conversation for their first, right? <laughs> yeah. She'll be one of those teenagers. Ew, my parents. <laughs> Awesome. So she's she's precious and she's just really um you know she's really what, what she we really felt. is she um she's a gift from God and she really is such a little delight mm-hmm. she's a very Joanne happy means baby a gift from God mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. so Joanne means gift from God yeah. Eden mm-hmm. um, pleasure a delight pleasure delight um, so she's so, living up to her namesake <laughs> so whether she'll be a singer or a fashion designer we don't know but I have a feeling she's going to be a dancer maybe I don't know because <laughs> <laughs> a singer and a designer makes a dancer right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but we're we, we she is really in our you know our mission is restoration mm-hmm. and how God restored our lives and how we want to be there to to really encourage people that their lives can be restored as well you know I do it through music as a gift and Katie through fashion with the women that she works with and how their lives are restored um, from their past sexual dysfunction. That's a great way to end this podcast. Yeah. Right on that note. <laughs> Anything else, Jess? Nothing. Katie, I love it. <laughs> Israel, thanks for coming. You got to come back and see us again. We got to have you back for something special. You're, you're special people. And on that note, and remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time on TSC Music with a mission. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. I see. King in what you hear and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because music with a mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet and don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at tscnyc.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Gerald Somraj and Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Join us again next month for another edition of TSC Music with a Mission.
心。